Welcome everybody to the June GPS Training Podcast. It's podcast number 10 and uh, today on the podcast myself, John, and I've got Andy with me. Hello. Andy, did you ever think we'd get to 10 podcasts? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> 10 podcasts, that's 10 months we've been doing it, which is a, a good go. So flies. fly on to 20, so that's the way it will be. So as always, we're streaming the uh, podcast uh, live on Facebook. Welcome to those people on Facebook. And uh, after we've, uh, after we've uh, finished the podcast, we'll be uploading it onto YouTube as well, so you can see exactly what we uh, look like. So if you don't like the GPS Training Facebook page, please do just go to Facebook and search for GPS Training, and don't forget to like our page. So without further ado, let's get on today with today's podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to look at the following. We have an interview with Duncan Hutchison. He's a Scottish guy who's built his own boat and is rowing across the Atlantic. It's an absolute fantastic story and it's a superb interview. I know we covered this in last month's podcast, but we're also going to chat again about the Garmin E-Reach Mini as we can't keep up with demand. It's been a, a fantastic success for Garmin, so we're going to chat a little bit more about that. We're going to look at the new Spot X, which is a new two-way satellite uh, messenger. It's not yet available in the UK, but it is in the US. And then we've got Andy's top tips. And then we're going to look at some of the new videos and also the free webinar that we've got coming up in the next week. On this month's podcast, we've got a special guest, and that is Duncan Hutchin, and he's um, Duncan Adrift, if people have been following on Facebook or keeping up to date with him in the GPS Train newsletter. Duncan has built his own boat and is rowing from America over to Scotland, which is where he comes from. Now, that sounds hard enough as it is, but Duncan's had a little bit of misfortune as he started off. He had, ended up having to be rescued, and he's now in America in a cafe and he's live uh, via Skype. So welcome Duncan to the podcast. Hi uh, John, yeah, thank you very much, yeah, yeah. We get there in the end with our technology trying to sync up on our Skype, we eventually got there, didn't we Duncan? Yes, we did, uh, thanks to you. <laughs> I don't know, it's thanks to us. Yeah, we've had a bit of fun over the last five minutes trying to get Duncan on Skype. He's in a cafe in America, whereabouts exactly are you Duncan? Yeah, it's a, a, a guy called uh, Morgan and his, um, it's a little fishing marina. He rents out boats called Whale Creek Marina. And it's at a place called Strathmere. It's just south of Ocean City. That's fantastic. And what you've done is you built yourself a boat uh, and you're going to row across the Atlantic or you started to row across the Atlantic and then you're going to continue. So how long has this idea been in your mind? How long did it take you to build the boat? Yeah, I uh, started this approximately three years ago um, from building the boat from scratch um, and planning it and trying to fund it and actually delayed it for a year because I couldn't, well, still can't really afford it, but um, yeah, so I've delayed it for a year, but that's, yeah, I've been three years in the making and planning. And then you've shipped out from, whereabouts in the UK do you ship it from, sorry? I had to drive down to Bradford, it was about four or five hundred miles, then put the boat in a container there and it went kind of AWOL from there. The container yeah. um, went, it was about a week late. It had gone different places, which it wasn't meant to go. It was changed the routine. Uh, yeah. And it was a wee bit, it was a bit late getting actually getting into New York. And then it struggled to get through customs, did it, I believe. 
Well, it, it, the customs was actually all right, but it was just it was a bank holiday weekend, and they just don't they just don't do anything on the weekend. Now, if people question, well, how we connected to GPS train? Duncan contacted me. I think it's about nine months ago. Was it Duncan to see if we could help uh, with a Garmin inReach so um, he can use the uh, communication and the tracking facilities on that? And uh, we've loaned him one of which he had did some good test runs up in Scotland before he set off. And then it's now over with you uh, in the States, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's been a brilliant piece of kit. It's, uh, it's never, well, it's never let me down so far. It's been really good. And when we get into the story of what's happened in the last few days, it's certainly been tested to its full potential, hasn't it? So so you, you got the book through customs and you set off from New York City. Was it a, a rowing club or a sailing club that you set off from? Yeah, it was the, the Manhattan Yacht Club. I, I emailed all the marinas and um, got the guy from Manhattan Yacht Club, John Lagrasse, he just said, he got back and said, you got my attention and kind of followed on from there. He, he let me use the marina for free and just really helpful. I actually stayed in his flat and I was stuck there for a week extra and it's just been so helpful, yeah. Oh, fantastic. And then you set off. So you set off in good conditions or you thought they were good conditions and off you went. And well, what happened over the next three or four days then? Well, I set off. I knew the forecast. Uh, people, Some people think I hadn't. I didn't know the forecast, but the forecast was looking good for four or five days. Mm-hmm. Um, enough to get away from the coast. Um, I got three days into it um, and the weather picked up and I put out a para anchor, which is basically an undershoot parachute yes underwater shoot um i drifted for three no not for three days i, di- I drifted for 12 hours on that and it looked like well it looked like it might go ashore if it kept on the way it was and i certainly couldn't take it off because it was too strong to row against so i called the coast guard i didn't put off emergency i called them to ask them if it was possible to get a tow in mm-hmm explain the situation because I, I used to be in a lifeboat crew myself for 20 years so Brilliant. I know it's better to predict it rather than something happen later so that's where it, what, what kind of happened there yeah and they came out and you thought they were going to tow your boat but they didn't you made you leave your boat and uh, jump into the sea you yeah left. when we came to get into the harbour they said the weather was too rough so they were going to cast my boat onto the onto the beach yeah. Hopefully it get picked up the next day, but it never ever actually touched the beach and everything I had was on the boat, apart from my GPS, which I took. <laughs> it's a great story, this because actually this is where this is where the whole thing I was I was actually on holiday last week and uh, I saw been following Duncan on Facebook and I saw this um I was actually uh, so I've already mentioned this to Duncan, so I go back over if so sorry for going over with you, Duncan again. I was on holiday, I was telling some friends about how um we'd loaned this in reach to, to Duncan as he built his own boat, running across the Atlantic. And then we were just coming back on uh, Thursday and um, we'd just been to the Isle of Man for the TT races. I was sat there on the ferry and I, I, I read this and I went, I don't believe it. Duncan's abandoned ship with, with our inReach. So I get home. It was one of the first things I said to my wife when I got back. I said, uh, so Duncan's uh, left his boat with it. He's lost everything. He's lost everything except the inReach. So actually, if you'd left the inReach on the boat, you would have been able to track your boat down. But instead, you jumped in the water with your inReach by the sounds of it. Yeah, well, I took it so I could uh, get in contact uh, at home to let them know what was happening because I presumed I was, resu- was going to meet up my boat because it was getting towed in. Yes. But then it all changed. So, as it was, if I had it on the boat, I could have trapped the boat, but the other stuff went flat in the boat. 
Right. Um, and you had everything yeah. in that boat. You had your passport and everything, didn't you? Yeah, everything was on the boat, yeah. The sat phone, uh, everything was on it, yeah. So I basically had to get the boat back. And how many uh, days was it before you got reuni- reunited with your boat? Uh, I think it was about five days. It was mayhem trying to sort it out, trying to trying to find it again. I actually got my wife to send I've got two passports for work. Right. I actually got her to send one out okay. to New York. I was going to head back up there. And this is a strange bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I said to my wife, Try and forget about it, and uh, worse things have actually happened. And uh, <laughs> I says, um, I'm going out for a long walk, and when I come back, the boat will be there. And I came back, and it was, I couldn't believe it. An hour later, when I came back, I got a phone call from the Ocean City Police. Yes. Saying it was being washed up on the beach. Fantastic. <laughs> and was there much damage to it, Duncan? Yeah, well, at the time, there wasn't much. Uh, not too much um, till later on I noticed I got um, a, like a honeycomb shape the, the boat yeah. all different compartments until you take the hatches off if mm. there's any water in it, it it can't sink that way yes that's right but I didn't find out till a few days ago that I actually punctured a hole about four or five inches in the in the hull so I've just fixed that last night I got that fixed and actually a one broken oar can coming in as well but yeah that's fixed that's ready to go i hope it's a great thing about building your boat is you can repair it yourself can't you as well yeah well i, I was lucky I, I got um whale creek marina uh guy morgan really nice guy he, he's helped me out i'm using his workshop and Maxi at his place just now and that's where i fixed it, if it wasn't for him i wouldn't be able to have done it that's well i could have done a temporary repair at sea but nothing like this is like fixed so it's good Fantastic. Good to go again. So you you're gonna do it again, or you're gonna set off again then? So when when you're planning and what next day or two before you set off again? You set off from your current location, of course you are, aren't you? Yeah, I'm not going back to the start. I'm, I'm going to head from from um, here, which is just down from Ocean City, in a wee place called Strathmere. Um, I'm going to head out from here, hopefully on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. It's, it's just following the weather, it just seems to change quite a bit. So. Yeah, that's when I hope to start the trackers up again and get going. And you're looking, you go out on a high tide. Is that the best thing for you head out on? Yeah, I, get, I go out with the flowing tide so it can it can help me go out because it's quite a sandbar coming in. That's where I broke my oar coming in. Right, and then all to, well, if everything goes correctly this time, how long will it take you to hit Scotland? Well, I'm looking at well, it's ninety to hundred days initially, so I, I presume it's going to be roughly the same. Yeah. Yeah. And have you had to restock on food and things, or did you have enough anyway? No, I think I've, I think I've got plenty. I had one with the, the puncture of the boat. I had actually 40 meals in that compartment. Right. And only one was burst, and the rest of them, they're fine. They're all sealed. So um, I think it got burst when, when the whatever came through the hull had burst one pocket. Mm-hmm. And what's your wife think about this whole scenario? You said she would tell her not to worry about it. Is she, is she quite happy that you kind of got rescued and you're going to go and do it again? Well, I think she's. I think she's actually happy for me to get going, going <laughs> because you get so many people with good wishes and things. You find it hard at home even to get out because there's so many people wishing good wishes and stuff. So yeah, I think she's still quite keen. 
That's yeah. fantastic, brilliant. So um, you've got the in reach. So when you're when you're rowing, you switch on because we could track you. Actually, I might I'll put a link into our show notes so you can see where you got on the last 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 attempt because we can see you came down the coast a little bit from New York, didn't you? And then you came in and actually showed you tracking on the life. I don't know if you've looked at the live tracking page, we had to see your route back into land as well, um, which was I think a lot quicker than what it had been before. So everybody to yeah. watch you as you you head out and um, yeah, it's a it's a superb story. Um, you are doing it in aid of water aid, aren't you, Duncan? So how can people um, give some money to this great great, great charity? Yeah, if they go onto duncanadrift.com, there's a link on there to um, it's linked to to water aid through the website. I think it's at the moment with people donating it's about seven and a half thousand pounds so far. So hopefully with all this. Uh, Media is going to hopefully boost that, I hope. And you have been on NBC, didn't you? You were on NBC last week? Oh, yeah. Initially, uh, the guy phoned me up, and I initially just said, no, I don't want to speak to you. And then I just thought it would be a good idea to get the boat back. And I had enough of the media really then. But, but no, I got back, and a really good guy, Ted. I can't remember his name. Ted, um, he, he was really nice, and he was true to his word. He interviewed me and said what... What was right to say, yeah. He was, no, it was a great, actually, yeah, they, they were very, it was a good, good, honest um, piece, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah, they, yeah. Were, they weren't trying to pull, yeah, trying to make it into something that it wasn't, and they were honestly yeah. reported, so I think it was a credit to them, because, yeah. again, I know how you feel sometimes, you think, oh, they're going to make a, a big deal out of this, but actually, yeah. they, they, they reported it very well. Yeah, because I've had quite a bit of bad publicity as well, you know, people that don't understand how long I've actually planned this. Yeah. I think people think maybe I've just jumped in a boat and gone but it's taken about three years in building and planning so it's yeah it's a long process yeah yeah so that's going to get going so hopefully you get going we can get you tracking and um with fingers crossed you get better weather yeah well hopefully yeah i will track you all the way so thank you very much, Duncan, for joining us on uh, this week's podcast. And uh, again, if people want to know more, uh, just uh, put into Duncan Adrift into Facebook or look at his website. Also, he's got that Just Giving page he's talking about. I say I'll put uh, links in the show notes and then people can uh, keep up to date with him. And again, on the GPS training newsletter um, every week, we're going to, once it gets going, we're going to put the live link into the InReach live tracking and you'll be able to uh, watch him tracking. So thank you very much, Duncan, for joining us on the podcast and best of luck for everybody at GPS training. Yeah, thank you very much, John, and thank you. Yeah, just thanks for everything. Thank yeah, you. that's no problem. You can find out more about Duncan's epic journey on his Facebook page. Just search for Duncan Adrift, or on his website is duncanadrift.com. And keep your eyes open for the GPS training logo on his boat. It's actually on the right-hand side of his boat. You'll see the logo. Also, as we're recording the podcast here on Friday, I see Duncan's again set off. So I think he set off yesterday. He's about 20 hours into his journey as he's heading off across the Atlantic. So I'll put a link in the show notes of where you can follow him because he's got our um, in-reach, which is what we discussed um, in the interview with him a little bit earlier. The second thing we're going to quickly talk about is the InReach Mini. So um, I know we covered this in last week's uh, podcast, but we've had a, a fantastic uh, response uh, to the InReach Mini, Andy. Um, did you think it would be successful or not? No. Um, we've done, we, when we had the first InReachers in, we did well with it. But this new InReach Mini, as soon as we get them in stock, they just go straight out the door. We keep getting emails asking when we're getting them back in stock. Um, 
the demand's just been so high, it's unbelievable. It is, and that the orange one, which seems the most popular, is like it's now saying delivery date of the 19th of June. We've been getting the black ones and they've been trickling in, but the orange ones have been taking a bit longer. Yeah. Um, do you think most people are using them with Phoenix 55 X's watches, or what? How do you think? Because you've spoken to a lot of customers who have been buying them, but how, yeah. how are they using them? A lot of them are just using it as a standalone product for emergency, but we have sold somewhere the customers actually bought a new watch as well with the phoenix so that they can use their watch with the um the new phoenix watch with the inreach mini as well so it's a bit of both really. and there's just the beta software at the moment with our phoenix 5x isn't there that, it is. and then yeah. i think the new one's coming up next week so by the time the podcast comes out i think that new software's in five five the five and five x yeah. isn't it yeah and that is that going to be like an app isn't it, uh, is it there's a app that you put onto the watch oh they call it a widget it's a widget on the phoenix 5 uh, watch called inreach that you'll be able to use and people are, are syncing it with the phones as well because you can sync it with that phone, can't you? I think that's the. Yeah, so I mean, they, what the InReach Mini is, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's a very small, lightweight emergency communicator, two way satellite communicator. We already had InReach products. What's changed with this one? The word mini probably gives you the clue. It's very small and compact. It only weighs 100 grams. So it's a device you can carry with you and takes up no space at all. A lot of trail runners, I know, have been mm-hmm. buying it. So if you're out, on the hills or in the case of Duncan you're in the middle middle of the Atlantic you're off the beaten track where you've got no mobile communication no mobile signal it's a means of having that peace of mind that by using the emergency SOS button or sending preset messages you can let friends and family know where you are with 100% coverage of the earth's surface. It looks really smart as well, doesn't it? When you get out of the box, people go, that looks good. It's nice, that garment have got some, I'm going to say sexy, don't they? They're sexy products to produce. So, yeah, so uh, just be patient. Uh, we are holding them in stock. We're getting them in and they're going out straight away. We've got a lot on back order. We're going to try and hold, um, I think we discussed this in the office, maybe five or six in stock of each colour because they are selling that quickly. But at the moment, because they're a new product, we are struggling to get them. So we've certainly got the black ones. The orange ones are coming in uh, in the next, week or so um so hopefully uh, we'll have some stock there so if you are interested get in touch i know they are proving very popular so if you want to know more about the garmin inreach just go to our website which is gpstraining.co.uk click on gps store and click in garmin inreach satellite communication on the left hand side next story we're going to talk about in today's podcast is the new Spot X, which is a new two-way satellite communicator from Spot. It's the first two-way communicator from Spot, and it's currently just available in the States, but it hits in the UK market in the next few weeks. I've actually spoken to the UK distributor who we buy Spot uh, uh, systems from, and they've not yet given me a delivery date, but I'm hoping that say it's going to be here in the next couple of weeks. Um, there's been there's not a lot online about it. it's been sold in the states have you managed to find out much about the new spot x andy yeah i've had a look online i've seen some pictures of it and a couple of reviews of people in the states who have just got hold of it um the initial pictures that i've seen it looks like it has an old style blackberry uh, keyboard that we used to see sort of in 2000 uh year 2000 with the blackberry so an old style keyboard um those of you who don't know what the spot is we currently sell a spot in the uk um like the inreach that we're talking about it's an emergency communicator mm-hmm. so that you can pre- but it doesn't have any screen or buttons um where you can type in a message it's purely just you press a button and it sends either one preset message or an sos message 
but the new one from what I've seen online, they've added this keyboard so you would be able to type a message and someone receive it and they've added a small LCD display, but like the inReach so you'll be able to see messages coming in. Yeah, and I think the big difference between the inReach and the uh, Spot is they use different satellite systems, don't they? So the inReach uses the Iridium and the uh, Spot uses the Global Star. Yeah, it? so I think one of the reasons we're selling so many inReach devices is the Iridium satellite that the inReach, which is the Garmin product uses, is the military system, high orbit system that has 100% coverage of the Earth's surface. I think it's the only satellite system due to the number of satellites they use in the high orbit that can guarantee that. The Spot... We've had great response with the standard spot in the UK, but you've always got to look at the side with the spot. Now, don't quote me exactly on these figures, but if you look, you know, if you do some digging on the spot, I think it's around about 70 to 75% coverage of the Earth's surface. So they can't guarantee that 100%. Um, it's using, because it's using this global star system, which is a lower orbit system, which used to be used, oh, sorry, it used to be, is used more for voice communication, yeah. satellite phones. And I think the thing is, just I say, well, I've got to stress at this point, we've not yet touched this device and we will be getting in and playing with it extensively. But just looking at what people are saying online about it, it said it can only send one message every 20 or 30 minutes. So I say we've got no evidence of this. I don't know if it's just one person who's kind of uh, got this, but they're saying that that global star, that it's not up to, it's not the same capacity. It's not high-speed high data transfer. Like, I mean, we'll have to get one and, and find out. Obviously, you can't go by just one or two reviews that you've read online from America from the first ones. Uh, we may find that's not the case, but... Yeah, we'll see when we get it. So, I say, it's it's uh, it's nice that they've gone this way, and actually Garmin's now got a bit of a competitor there when it comes into this country. As Andy said, it's kind of, it looks like a, a BlackBerry. It's got that screen on the top. It's got your quarterly keyboard or, um, that you have had, and it's that two-way satellite communicator. It's using different satellites, so again, we can assess if that's going to be uh, um, up to the yeah. job. I, th I think on one of the pictures I saw, again, there's, like John said, there's not a lot of information online. The new Spot Exit looked like on the LCD display, you could bring up a base compass and a long and lat grid reference which I know on the you know on the Garmin inReach you can bring up uh, on the inReach mini sorry you can bring up a long and lat reference and I know on the bigger inReaches that we do the inReach Explore and the SE they have you know so on, on some of those bigger models we have compasses and grid references but I don't see it as a navigational device I still think really these devices are sold to use in conjunction with a, a GPS navigational device that sold as a, that emergency I'm off the beaten track no mobile connection and I want the that SOS button that I can summons potentially a mountain rescue etc yeah. I think I always think with the spots actually it's good I think it's more that budget end of the market you know the spot track is a little bit cheaper the contracts a little bit cheaper than Garmin so I see it's quite good to have those in the marketplace that have got different uh, different products for people with yeah. different budgets so i say we've not yet seen it again we've uh, we've got some in order so as soon as we get it we'll do a proper review um either in our newsletter on our website or a video review more than likely and we'll also review it in one of the podcasts Next thing in the podcast today is Andy's top tips. So we've got both a Garmin and a SatMap top tip. So what's your Garmin's top tip for this month, Andy? Okay. Garmin top tip, it's more based on the sort of questions I get on a regular basis from customers. Um, with the Garmin touchscreen unit, so for Facebook users, I've got an Oregon 700 in my hand here. Often get calls from customers saying, 
they've had a screen freeze, the screen's frozen on them. Now, this isn't a regular occurrence. There's always a reason for something happening on a unit, the same as, you know, any electrical device. There's normally a reason why something's not working as it should. Screen freezes, just because I get asked this on, you know, a reasonably regular basis, why, why would we get a screen freeze on a GPS? The most common reasons are battery type and the battery setting in the unit and you have a map card in the back of the unit a little micro sd card and that's not sitting in correctly so those you're using a garmin whether it be a touchscreen device or the push button devices what i'd say to you always make sure when you're changing batteries you could be using alkaline lithium rechargeable batteries that you go into your setup and system and you look at the battery type because batteries all have different voltages and a lot of customers when they phone me and said they've had a screen freeze as soon as i get them to check their battery setting i find they've got that battery setting not set the yep. same as the battery mm -hmm. they're using because you make sure if you're using lithium batteries, you go in and change that setting. Otherwise, the unit's looking for a different voltage. While I'm on the, on the battery side of things, one of the batteries that catches people out is you can buy a newer type of rechargeable battery called pre-charged mm -hmm. or Eneloop, Panasonic Eneloop batteries. They're a type called pre-charged. There is a setting in your Garmin GPS called pre-charged NIMH. You make sure you set that up in the unit. The second one that I mentioned is the micro SD card that has your maps on. When the unit's booting up or you're moving around with the unit, if that little micro SD card in the back of your unit isn't sitting behind the metal clip properly, it's got dislodged, you've knocked it mm -hmm. when changing batteries. I would always <clears> say if you've had a battery freeze, sorry, a screen freeze, take the back off your unit, take the batteries out, make sure that little micro SD card with your maps on is locked in place correctly. You can always put a bit of tape yeah. over the clip to stop it being knocked. When you put your batteries back in and turn the unit on, check your battery settings. Yeah. So that's the Garmin top tip. Put some sellotape over that map card. We've said that a few Stops times. Stops you losing we? your map card when you're changing batteries as well in case you knock the little metal clip. But batteries is my biggest bugbear. It tends to be an iffy set of batteries. It could be an old set of recharge. When batteries get, when rechargeable batteries start degrading, you find sometimes the chargers will actually put too much charge in the mm -hmm. battery and the voltage from them's too high. So if you start getting issues with the screen and you've had batteries you've been using for some time, it's worth just changing to a new set of batteries check that battery setting okay. so when your screen see if your screen starts to freeze on a garmin device check your battery settings correct and check that micro sd card is seated correctly yeah so your sat map top tip andy yeah something's changed recently on the sat map active 20 units where those of you have got an active 20 unit you've probably seen you can save a breadcrumb trail a track in the unit and mm -hmm. um, when you've been out from a walk from the trip log screen now what you used to be able to do when the active 20 first came out if you saved a track you could find that track in the routes menu in a folder called tracks and you could amend it you could edit it you could reverse it and do things with it what satmap have now done they really want you to convert that track to a route before you start amending it and editing and editing it it's to stop you accidentally deleting what they call raw track data that you've right. recorded okay. that you may need it could be someone using the unit for business for recording a survey and they don't want you to muck up that track recording so just those of you who've got the active 20 and you've updated your software recently and you suddenly realize and when you save a track you can't actually edit or amend that track what you need to do is when you've saved the track from the trip log screen go into your roots menu you'll find a folder called tracks you'll see your raw track recording there with the date and time if you select that track and then select the actions button you get the option to convert it to a root if you then convert it to a root that same recording appears in a roots folder and you can do anything you want with it mm -hmm. you can edit it edit the name 
reverse it. And also what we find is the roots take up a lot less data because it, it takes some of the, the track points out. It still keeps the root the, exactly the same shape, yeah. but it reduces the size of it. So it takes up a lot less memory in your unit. And once you've converted to a root, you can actually just delete that track as long as you've converted it to Brilliant. a root. Fantastic. Thank you so much. That's your Garmin and SatMap top tips for this month. The final thing we're going to look at in the podcast is some new videos that we've been adding to our website. So the past month, we've had a, a really nice guy, a guy called Robin's been with us um, uh, for a couple of weeks. He's actually been getting some work experience with us, uh, but he's been, he's quite uh, good at doing, well, he's not quite, he's been very good at creating some videos for us. So some of the videos have been created by both Andy and myself. We did one on how to subscribe to the podcast in both an Android and iPhone. So again, if you get our newsletter, you'll have seen a link to that video uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago. Uh, we did a, Rob and I went to, to sat up on Simon Side Hills. We did an introduction into outdoor GPS navigation, which was just kind of um, showing how you plan that route on the computer, how you transfer it to the GPS, and the experience you get when you're out walking um, in the uh, Simon Side Hills. It's actually quite funny that day when we were up on Simon Side because we actually bumped into someone who downloads the podcast. I didn't tell you that, Andy. Some of you said, "Oh, I listen to your podcast," which was really quite good. Uh, so we did that. It's like a, it's about a five or six minutes about me going out walking in the hills with the GPS. We did a bit of a, a funky one, which is the 10 most asked questions people ask before buying a GPS unit. And we gave ourselves a five minute window to this. So in those five minutes, I answered those questions uh, as, as clear as I could. Or, um, and uh, that's turned into quite a nice uh, little video as well. And then um, I did a video promoting uh, a new webinar. So next week we've got a free new webinar, which is on Tuesday evening. Um, and it's for people interested in finding out more about GPS units and navigation. So this is more aimed at people who have not got a GPS unit who want to know if it could work for them. And that's a free webinar in there. So to find out about those, you need to just go to gpstraining.co.uk, click on the news section, and you'll see those videos listed there. Now, Andy did a, 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 a three, I think, with uh, Robin. You did one unboxing the Garmin in Reach Mini, didn't you? Yeah. And I think that was a good one. Again, it's it's, uh, it's this new product. We keep talking about this inReach Mini. Unboxing and seeing exactly what was in the box. You did one comparing size, weight, control function of Garmin handheld. Because that's something we've been asked quite a bit, isn't it? Yeah. So all the videos I did with Robin were really to do with size and weight of products. Because it's something we get asked all the time. So we did the unboxing of the InReach Mini. Just to show how small, compact and light it is. But we also, we often get asked about comparing GPS units side by side not so much the technical function because a lot of the technologies of the gps's are the same now it's more the size and weight and how you use them whether they're touchscreen or button so if you get a chance and look under our were they under the reviews, the reviews section, under the reviews section on our gps training website a couple of new videos added so the garmin one i basically had on the table all of the garmin handheld gps's that we sell side by side so you see them side by side you see me pick up each of the units and i talk about the weight the size and the dimensions, and also how the touchscreen works or the push buttons work. We then did the same for SatMap as well. We took the two SatMap units, because I know a lot of you have the older SatMap Active 10 or Active 12, and customers have asked, comparing it to the Active 20, what does it look like? Mm -hmm. So again, I've got them side by side, just so you can see what the size of them look like. And again, I talk about the weight of the units as well. Yeah, so as Andy says, if you go to gpstraining.co.uk, click on reviews, the three that Andy's done, so he's unboxing the InReach Mini, look at the size, weight, control functions on both Garmin units and also the Active 12 and 20 yeah. we compared them. 
So to finish off today's podcast, many thanks for listening uh, to this month's podcast, our 10th podcast. If there's anything that you'd like us to cover, please uh, get in touch. And uh, thank you for sticking with us if you listen to all the 10 episodes so far. Um, please also do get in touch if you're thinking about, it, by, about buying a, a new GPS unit or you're looking at coming on one of our physical or webinar training courses. Just go to gpstraining.co.uk and you'll also see GPS store and you'll also see training as well there. And don't forget, you can watch us recording the podcast on our Facebook page, which is GPS Training UK, or our YouTube channel, which is GPS Training. If you are listening on your smartphone, uh, please, and especially if you're doing it by iTunes, please remember to RST, which is rate our podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to our podcast, and that was one of the new videos I was just talking about, and whatever platform you listen to us on. And please tell a friend about both GPS Training and about the GPS Training podcast. Please help spread the word. Many thanks, Andy, for joining me on this, our 10th ever GPS training podcast. Thank you. And uh, we very much hope you've enjoyed it, and we look forward to you joining us on our 11th podcast. Mm -hmm.